movies. That's the only reason why. <laughs> it's not because you think it's fucking cool. <laughs> We're back after not that much sleep from Mika myself. So today is the day after the results of the UK, or the day of the results of the UK election. Woo! And yeah. I wish I could tell you definitively what the results actually are, <laughs> but no one really knows. I think yeah. we know. Well, the Tories basically didn't get the majority, which is the most important thing. Looking like it's going to be a yeah. coalition with the DUP. Well, right now it's a hung parliament. Yeah. I think she's intended, she's intending to have a right. coalition. Right. Well, but she spoke that to the Queen, so that means everything's confirmed. Well, that's, well, that's the thing. Her. It's like, we have this hung parliament in the UK now. And so, like, for people who live in other countries, you know, the UK parliament is based on, you have, like, it's a, it's a prime minister, right? Not a president. And then you have, like, the seats and people... Um, vote for different representatives in those seats and then based on that then they would form parliament but the ironic thing is that in the UK I didn't even realize that there were so many parties it's not as simple as in the US when it's you know mainly just two parties we because the two. as we obviously we've got our main parties which are conservative labor lib dem green party green party ukip which is basically dead now and <laughs> um, yeah, literally, they lost the one seat. But as Mika and I learned last night, so we worked at BuzzFeed, an event they had counting and Facebook, and Facebook yeah. counting in seat totals as they came in all night. All night. <laughs> all night. But first, we went to the oh, live no. event. So they had like a Facebook live event um, where they had like a, it was almost like a show that they had on Facebook live streaming. And they had hosts Through and stuff BuzzFeed. like that, yeah. And like guests from BuzzFeed and different places came on to talk about the race. And um, so we attended that show and we were drinking and eating from nine o'clock. <laughs> then from 12 o'clock, we were supposedly <laughs> supposed to start working as data analysts. As, as data, data <laughs> analysts, yeah. Entering poll results as they came in into BuzzFeed system. It was really and cool. So we were each allocated like a number of constituencies and Mika and I learned, well like even I learned that there are a lot more parties in the UK than I thought. <laughs> there was, what was it, the Monster Looney party? Yeah, the Monster Looney party. If anyone else saw what? Theresa May, <laughs> Theresa May won her seat in her constituency against Lord Buckethead and oh, yeah, Elmo. I did see that. Oh, yes. no, which is possibly the best there. moment <laughs> of the night. Of the entire yeah. night. Wow, Elmo. Yeah, yeah, there was a guy in an Elmo costume, <laughs> and then there was a guy in a Buckethead costume, the black. Who got like 200 votes or something. Yeah. I mean, like, we have that in America where you can do write in ballots. So, like, if you don't like either of the candidates, like, you can write in someone, and then a lot of people write in, like, weird things, like. But do they Lord actually Voldemort. get. Yeah, and they get votes. But not like. <laughs> no, you this know, is they're not the legitimate, like, party. They have yes. the Monster Looney party, the Pirate party, mm -hmm. like. It was crazy. Wow. How is this like gates. politically legitimate? I actually don't know, Puss. But they were in the system. Yeah. <laughs> they were in the system and we plugged in votes for them. Some of them got like hundreds of votes. I don't That's know what people I'm like. So does, that, does that count as a protest vote? When you're like, I'll I vote for Elmo. It's a funny vote. Yeah. yeah I, I mean unless so. it's, it's a funny vote. It's a playful yeah. vote, I guess. We don't That's exactly what you should vote. do. Everybody's not as conscious. Be playful as with it. Yeah, Play yeah, with yeah. your citizenship, guys. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> but essentially the situation is now well for me, uh Jeremy Corbyn basically shocked a lot of 
people, which I'm very, very happy about. And I think it was interesting this morning when the, well, throughout the night in the election coverage to watch a lot of people who had said a lot against him mm. have to come back on that. Yes, and they were calling them out too. They completely you did not like Jeremy Corbyn, did you? And, like, oh, uh, and then these people are turning around, you know, this guy's charismatic, he's brought people together and they're like, well, you didn't say that like two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. No, it always came. happens that people... When you think you're in a small opposition and people want to disregard you, then they're always like, oh, you're such a like lunatic and fuck you. I was trying to say, use gentle words, but they just jumped to fuck you. Um, we were but, like, Whoa, and then the second they win, it's like, I actually liked you the whole time. I feel like that's like backstabbing girls, what they do. Yeah. The political system. This is the, this is the backstabbing girls of the political system. Yeah. Like my was Gove. A, but it's just, it's just so, it's so blatantly obvious that you're flip-flopping you know what I mean like it's just so it's one thing if like you are not in Jeremy Corbyn's party but you're outside of it and you're saying to yourself you're saying okay you don't like him you're criticizing him or whatever because you're on an opposing side but it's another thing if you're in the party and you're just throwing him under the bus and as soon as you win you're like oh my god he was the best this whole time I was picking him up from under the bus the whole time you didn't see me pick him up yeah but yeah, it was crazy though. Like Labour won the majority in places like Canterbury, which apparently hasn't, which has had hasn't has had a Tory majority, I think, yeah. since World, World War Two. Mm-hmm. It seemed to me that this was like very. There's a lot of like intense like emotion and activity, and like there's some of the most like intense public like conversations I've ever witnessed because I don't usually see people in London from my perspective, you know, having like debates and stuff in the street or like really talking in public at all about to politi- strangers. True, true, that's true. About anything. Yeah, yeah. But mostly about politics. And I was like, I was at a Sainsbury that was like right next to my apartment and I was like waiting at the checkout line and some guy in front of me left and he was like, don't forget to vote tomorrow. And the cashier, no, to the cashier, oh. just to, in general, he was just like, you know, a parting, parting wisdom. And um, he then he said to the cashier, the cashier was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to vote. And the entire store, you could basically hear like an audible gasp. And I was like, <gasps> what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, and you vote. Like, it doesn't really do anything. Like, nothing changes even if the you... Cashier the cashier said this. The cashier said this, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then like the whole line of people at Sainsbury were taking this moment. It was as if like he was like a stand-in for every person that they hated who didn't <laughs> vote or like, you know, like leave or remain voters who like voted the wrong way that they, they didn't want, you know, and so they were like, I'm going to teach him a lesson. They're like, you have to vote. Good. They're like, this is your civic duty. Mm-hmm. The other cashier was like, nothing changes if you don't vote. And I was like, wow, this is a really intense guy. I was like, I just want my crisps. I don't know what to do. Like, I know it's like 10 p.m. and on like a weeknight, I just look like a weirdo here with like my flip-flops and my crisps and my almond milk. <laughs> my but like... <laughs> Your but then, yeah, they were like, they were trying to convince him. Even when I left, they were still arguing with him. Um, it shouldn't You shouldn't even say they're trying to convince him. Like, that's yeah. what's so stupid. But yeah. I mean, it's not, I understand that some people, even though I don't agree with it, I can still understand why some people feel disenfranchised and that their vote doesn't count. I mean, that's been going on for quite a few years. But this year, the turnout wasn't actually that bad. And no, especially I for know. young people. That was really good. And that's yeah. because of Corbyn. Apparently, it says <sighs> Jeremy Corbyn got young voters to turn Love out. Corbyn. So. Turn out for what? Corbin. Corbin, Eleanor. Oh, yeah. That's That's who I turned out So I guess because we're in this, everyone's, I guess, turning out and getting involved, we thought we'd talk about activism this week. And I 
think it's something that isn't really that interestingly enough not that talked about as a in itself like specifically it links into a lot of things mm. um and overlaps and across the pond in the US i think there's it's interesting to see post trump what the political climate has been like in terms of activism mm. both on the ground and in terms of pop culture um, and well i think one of the things that we were talking about that led us to this as well was you know how our generation approaches activism looks at activism that type of thing yeah um and there's a lot going on in the media where mm-hmm. activists quote unquote i'm doing the little like you know parentheses or whatever like i'm doing the fingers <laughs> you know there, there's Not a lot the in the media but yeah <laughs> the quote. about um celebrities getting into trouble because they're kind of crossing the line of activism and whatever else they're supposed to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now recently there was Kathy Griffin. I don't know how known she is around the world. I feel like I've seen her. Yeah, because I didn't really know who she was. She's an American. She's a D-list celebrity who kind of, but like, gets a lot of like A-list attention. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You would say you would say she's D-list. Though? Well, she calls herself D-list. She's oh. like that's like oh. her memoirs. <laughs> My life on the D-list. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> that could be interpreted but in so she, many ways. But true. she's like an A-list yeah, comedian. She's, she's yeah, one she's of very, the few female very, like, yeah. She's very famous, very well-known in the U.S. Yeah. for being, um, I don't know, very contentious in her comedy. I don't think a lot of people necessarily love her, but they know of her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would say, like, I love Kathy Griffin, she's a great comedian. She definitely always tries to be controversial in what she well, says. Well, and she gets attention. And she gets attention for doing controversial things. And she does the CNN um, oh, the countdown New Year's Countdown with Anderson. Yeah, my cat really year. loves it. You know, really, that's how I know her, from oh, her being cat, on yeah. that. Yeah, I just know her from being on that. But she, to me, she's one of those people who, because it seemed like she was trying a little too hard to be funny, Everything yeah. seems so deliberate, you know? So yeah. it was never really quite funny to me. And never, her stuff doesn't seem organically, naturally yeah. funny. And this is case in point. So she, I think, yeah, I think the, the biggest problem with it that I have... Is so what are we actually talking about here? Right, oh, so yeah. she... Um, Kathy Griffin did a photo shoot with, for those who haven't seen it, holding a severed bloody head of Donald Trump. Yeah, sounds so much worse when you say it out loud, doesn't it? Yeah, whenever you said seven bloody, seven like, like Game of Thrones style yeah. seven, you know, yeah, with all like the little veins yeah. strangling well, from it. I, yeah, it was. No, it was. It was. It was really graphic. I honestly, my reaction was extreme. I didn't. I didn't like it at all. I didn't find it was funny at all. I hate Trump, and I didn't find it was funny. I just, at I think all. the problem was not even that it wasn't. It didn't viscerally shock me. I just, I wasn't like, oh, disgusting. It was more like it just. I didn't get it. I was like, what yeah. is the point of this joke? Because would you I had say the exact same thing. Because I had, I didn't even see it until it blew up. But it blew up pretty much immediately. Yeah, yeah it was quick. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time I actually saw the image, I didn't have time to think to myself what I would have thought about it if I had, had just seen, seen it. Because everybody had their opinion. But I was also. Yeah. I agree with you that I was. I was like, okay, maybe you're entitled to do that. It could be interpreted. The fact that you're like, oh, I never meant for it to be interpreted in any negative way. It's like, that is bullshit. That's, yeah. You can't. And she's yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Like, and you I thought don't about she's this. She's so sorry because I don't think she understood I how big the consequences would mm-hmm. be. And she's sorry about the fact that the consequences were so big and that people 
so many people saw it as this horrible, malicious thing that she did to hurt the president. I don't think she meant for that to happen. Yeah. But the idea of like, I didn't know that anyone would care. It's like, yes, you did. You wouldn't have published this anywhere ever if you didn't do it exactly. to shock people. And you did, but, guys, but in not a funny way. You I see, I think that's where we get very selective in our reactions to things and our bias shows because, and I don't mean us as in us four, I mean people in general, yeah. right? Because if that was... I don't know. Pick somebody like that, Yanis. Um, Michael, Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos, mm-hmm. right? If that was him, yeah, holding a head of Obama. Obama? Yeah. Oh, oh my, my gosh! Or a head. What? I would exactly I would go through exactly. The but the and thing is, you would be like Paul Malia and Paul Sasha. No, I would never have said people, that. I'd just people like, would be don't that. Don't do that to Obama. No, but people, people would. The point exactly. I'm making is that yeah. people would be so outraged about but it. But what do you say that's a, what she did? Like, what is the line between comedy? Is that a protest statement, what she's doing? Or is that just, like, in line with her style of comedy, like, pushing boundaries? Because where's the line? Because we see Alec Baldwin poking fun at Donald Trump on SNL all the time. And obviously, this is a completely different degree. Mm-hmm. But where does the line come between, like, push re- rebellious kind of protest statements, kind of activism, in a sense, and inappropriate i just well, think, I think she point. didn't know yeah where she was standing that's and the way that she's defending herself after and i do feel bad for her because she's saying they're trying to ruin my life and blah blah but I'm like you didn't actually try to make their life any easier either so, yeah but i still think that that's what i find frustrating even when i read about it online and like the different comments that are coming up after even the people that are defending her the people that are opposing her yeah no one really i don't i still don't see where her comedy or activism or whatever is situated in that yeah. it's just like oh poor kathy griffin or kathy griffin is horrible and i'm like but what about what was the purpose of this because yeah, obviously i don't think anybody even knows i don't what, think she yeah, has, she has I don't no know. idea yeah no what, like what was it really it was, it was just a, just a she, picture it was just, right it was one of several photos i don't know what any of the other pictures in the series were but I where think, was it supposed to be placed i don't know she was just doing like a, a photo shoot with a celebrity photographer okay. and i guess like tweeted one out i don't know the full details but like for any other community like with Milo Yiannopoulos at least you know what his exact intent is when he does something mm-hmm. whatever his brand of of humor or shocking right. or like you know trying to controversy that he does you know where it's coming from and like he has a platform and it's despicable in my opinion but like he, you at least know that when if he were to do that or someone else were to do that you would know what their intent was with with Kathy Griffin to call something, I feel like it's just jumping on the bandwagon of like, everyone is kind of upset with this guy, so I'm gonna get in on the action mm-hmm. and be a, an activist. And it's like, it's not satire of Trump, it's not doing what like SNL is doing, it's yeah, not doing what exactly. they do on the late night shows with like mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert when he, when he uh, said, you know, Donald Trump is a, what did he call him? A Putin's cock holster or something like that. Oh, mm-hmm. and he got some. And he got some yeah. I mean, like yeah. and things like that, where you're like, oh, that's maybe like, toes the line and like yes, inappropriate. But that's but like, at least, uh, but it's, it's in our context too. Yeah, yeah. comedy's supposed yeah. to do that in a way that gets, you know, a conversation started or gets, it gets at some level of truth or yes. or yeah. some uncomfortable topic that people don't want to talk about, and that's and that's when they laugh. And that's when they laugh. But because when the laugh like, is yeah. the release and the acknowledgement of like, oh shit, that's exactly. Shit. Do you yeah. think like so? Say I think it's also the so we don't know what the context of this 
picture was, right? Like where, like with a photo shoot, whatever. Say she'd done a stunt like that on a platform like SNL, not that SNL would have given her that, but then would it be more legitimate because we would have seen it on SNL and so that mm. then it would be acceptable. But I think that's exactly, you're saying they wouldn't have allowed that in the first place. I so guess, the point, yeah. Like when you do this kind of reactionary thing, regardless of whether or not people consider it positive or ne- negative, when you do that on your own, mm-hmm. At least in this context, it's quite apparent that very few other people would have wanted that to be a part of their brand. Yeah. yeah. And that's not people who are on their toes when it comes to comedy. It's a lot of people who are really outrageous and that, that tend to engage with really radical comedy that some people don't even find funny. So yeah. even those people, some of them, because some, some comedians fully support her in this, but also some of the comedians who are quite aggressive in their political comedy actually say that this is this has nothing to do with humor anymore and no one would have wanted this to be right. a part of yeah. their comedy image and i'll just say one more thing because we have so much good stuff to talk about yeah. but one more thing on this is that i think my reaction was so i was so annoyed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i felt like okay let's say let's let's say you were on the progressive side or you were on the anti-Trump side and you would criticize the other side for being violent or hate crimes and that kind of thing. I thought it was so irresponsible Mm. because people who support, the extreme people who support Trump, because everybody's not extreme that supports Trump, but those people, the you know, the, the Ku Klux Klan type people, the people who are going out in Portland cutting everybody on the max, you know, those yeah. people, they see they don't they don't need a lot to to respond. They will see that and that's a call to violence, that's a call to arms. Oh, you wanna chop off Trump's head? Well I'll chop off somebody's head on the train. Like mm. literally that's how they think. Yeah. So I just found it was so it was it's such a cry for attention that was unnecessary. And it was so un, un, it was so irresponsible because of the response that it could engender, you know. Yeah. But anyway, no, I agree. I agree. It's yeah. like it's almost it, it delegitimizes also a lot of the good satirical mm, exactly we, like yeah. comedic weaponry that we have mm-hmm. against you know this administration. Mm-hmm. It like gives the people the ammunition to be like, look, these liberals are doing terrible things and are being bad people. We have no moral are, authority yeah, then. Exactly. Yeah. So talking about other things that Trump has done oh. recently. Do we really have to? <laughs> Are we going over to Paris? I think so. Oh, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> taking a, just Ooh. taking the Eurostar to Paris. Capital G, ball in the beat. Status Chris Paul or John Paul in the league. Grab a mic till the knuckles will bleed. Cause I believe the potent and the potent have you geek like yeah, this. is a section called Je ne sais quoi, as you know from the last episode. It's actually Most. relevant this time because it's French. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Good job, Anna. Good on you. Two and two together. <laughs> so in this section we try to talk about a bit of uh, the recent political developments that have happened recently. I mean, we, we already did that, that in the first section, yeah. but there's so much going on in politics that it's kind of hard to talk about anything else, I find at least. But so recently, President Donald Trump uh, withdrew from, or drew America out of the Paris <sighs> Climate Agreement um, that Obama and a lot of other world leaders have struggled really hard to put together to save our 
planet all and our children were leaders except, except for three three countries and <laughs> one of them had a very good reason Nicaragua because they said it wasn't strong enough, enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay we, that, that can be discussed <laughs> agree to disagree uh, but I think <laughs> one thing that this to me kind of is just a big shit on activism because there has been so much grassroots going on in yeah. terms of climate change for so many years even before we all knew that it was a big deal and I think it is just taking a big shit on all the people that have worked really hard to make us aware of something that affects everyone. Like Leonardo um, DiCaprio. Like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so funnily enough and good, this is a very good thing, a lot of business leaders and big corporations in the US have reacted very strongly to that and said that okay you do you, you do America but we're the ones who actually make the economy in America go around and we're going to keep investing in sustainable And climate-friendly solutions, and yeah. these include big companies like Microsoft and Apple and Google, and companies that are considered almost more powerful than the president of the United States in the current uh, economy. Oh yeah. So, d- what did you guys think when he first withdrew, and also the reactions that have come up? Hmm, we have this? to treat those two things very separately. The first <laughs> reaction, like every time that I wake up in the morning or go to sleep at night and there's another story about Trump doing something terrible, I feel nauseous. Not not the mildly nauseous that Comey felt after he <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Lordy. laughs> released that statement about Hillary's emails, but like legitimate nausea. And it's just, it's it's like another slap in the face of not only the American people, but literally, I think, Even his advisors that are trying to steer him in some kind of right direction, if we can even believe that there are those kind of people around him, mm-hmm. there's hardly anyone. I think even like Rex Tillerson was like, "Stay in this deal." Yeah, exactly. all of these businesses, mm-hmm. all of these people. He calls Exxon. himself. He calls himself a businessman. Mm-hmm. Look at how all of the other business leaders want to go about this. Look at how people in America actually care about climate change. It's proven. I mean, he. I think he just wants these like tiny little wins that make him feel good. And it's like being the president of the United States is about not about you feeling fucking good. But wasn't in the that moment. actually one of the promises that he made before becoming president that he would withdraw? Well, yeah, and that's and that's why I think he said that. that? Yeah. yeah, he yeah, said that, that from before. Because well, no, he said yeah. it. He said it was unfair to America. Now his notion of fair to America to me means I'm not making any money off of it, right? But yeah. basically, my reaction was. Yes, like everybody else, okay, you know, he's withdrawing America, whatever, but climate change coming from a country that is in what you call the tropic zone, where we get hit with the hurricanes and the floods and all of that, even going straight across to Asia, like some of the, a lot of the developing countries, we are most vulnerable to climate change because of the region that we are in and also because of the size of the country. So for example, like if you live on an island and oceans are rising, right? It like it's so visible. Mm-hmm. People are losing their homes, like the sea is literally creeping and taking over mm-hmm. like every rainy season because we just have two seasons. We just have dry and rainy, right? Mm-hmm. So every rainy season is complete flooding out and stuff like that. And I think like the the implications are that it's not just about the cuz people are framing it in this kind of 
political geopolitical power structure of yes. like the G7 and all of that. No, it's and like legitimate, real. Yeah, but I think most people are looking at it from uh, America is losing its status and all of that, which check. Oh, but mm-hmm. in terms of like the implications of it for the rest of us around the world is very, you know, is is real for everybody. But I think it's a little longer term in some people's minds from more developed countries in the north you yeah. know and i think that what you're saying is really important in terms of that kind of mentality acknowledging that some countries and some regions are so exceptionally vulnerable to to this and it's so easy for the already industrialized countries in the west to keep doing what they're doing because they're not seeing the immediate impact the immediate, right. that was one of the reasons why the agreement came yeah. about in the first place it was to create that kind of awareness that okay you're you're not hit right now but you'll be hit very soon. And the whole duration of time that you're not being hit, someone else is suffering mm-hmm. for your pollution or whatever. So that kind of mentality has been actually institutionalized to some extent, I would say, at least mm-hmm. through the Paris Agreement. So withdrawing from that is basically taking away that mentality and saying, well, our economy, in Trump's words, and like the work of the mm-hmm. American people, is more important than no access to resources and yeah. life basically yeah, and it's other parts existential. of the world. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's really existential in immediate terms for certain countries mm-hmm. versus others. You know? And it's a question of like like you said, prioritization because it's very like you said, easy for someone like Trump to prioritize something else over climate change. And that's why in the same way like Theresa May got called out for not being more aggressive towards him because as another country in a like, you know, more privileged zone in terms of climate change she should be the one to do that but again she they we have the luxury of being able to not prioritize it yeah. and this time last year she closed the department of energy and climate change in mm-hmm. in um when she came into power and that's what so because i feel I like it's got to the point when like all these world leaders no one's denying climate change is happening anymore, but it's a lot easier than to put some it on the... Are. Some are. Okay, some are. That's, that's, yeah. I should say that. Some are. But as it's easy for them to put it on the back. As it's, it's more like... I feel like there was a point where, like, climate change activists were associated with, like, hippies and yeah. kind of that move, whereas now it's almost become more of, okay, yeah, this is happening. Like, yeah. mm. more and more people are being like, okay... It's not it's, even activism It's anymore. not even activism right. anymore. It's, it's a, it's a, a legitimate... Reality. It's a reality thing. Yeah. Um... Whereas, and but what, like he, like with what I was saying, it's that this they I don't know what it is that they can just think of it as a way they can put it on the back burner. Um, well, and not just put it on the back burner, but also that they could ignore the longer. Okay, so let's say okay, you are from one of the more powerful developed countries. The same immigration that is such a big mm-hmm, issue yeah. right at the core of politics right now in the west is the same i mean you're making that issue worse by not supporting this agreement mm. and this agreement was i'm sorry it was pretty weak yeah. yeah because people could like different countries could set whatever standards they want yeah. i was like what the hell is that and but they don't even have to actually ac- right achieve, <laughs> achieve it like, yeah but they surpassed no it yeah. they surpassed it which was good but like the point is that once you have all those developing countries or poorer countries suffering from this there's gonna be mass migration into the developed mm-hmm. countries you think migration now is an issue with with 10 years from yeah. now you'll see migration yeah you know? but, but a lot of this is like it's not it's not coming from even i don't think trump legitimately thinking far enough to understand these issues it's coming from a place of like 
his platform and what he is one on and what he continues to spew out is the idea of America first and isolating himself and, and the country from everyone else. And to say, like, it doesn't matter what's going on over there because what the only thing that matters is us and, like, our... And even if he's, he's wrong, like, he's parroting that ideology. It just sucks for me because it's like, yes, okay, this is one of his campaign promises, but he also promised not to take away Medicare and Medicaid, and he's mm-hmm. going to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are you going to be consistent on? Yeah. When like, you're going to stick The to thing it, you're going to be yeah. consistent on is also something that's going to, like, you know, impact the lives of, you know, billions of people around the world. I don't know. Of everybody. Of everybody. <laughs> yeah. He's obviously the bad guy in this conversation, and uh, that's well-deserved as well. Mm-hmm. But you, I think with this kind of new multinational corporate activism mm-hmm. is that for a lot of people corporations and big businesses have been seen as like the big bad wolves in climate yeah, change. Yeah. They're always like, oh, you're just going to keep polluting to get money. And now they're all kind of taking a turn. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it might even lead to, and this is just, I guess, a hope more than a legitimate vision, that they will go even further now in being sustainable and environmentally friendly yeah. because it's like because it's activism now. And it's better for their bottom line also. Yeah. Trump is the well, enemy that brings all That's together. what I want to say. It's like, <laughs> yeah. don't get it twisted. Like, this yeah. is, I'm not, I'm not knocking them or anything like this, but there's a very, very um, core strategic profit-making aspect to this because when Obama did that big push on, on, on climate change, when he shifted the economy to focus on shale oil, mm-hmm. when the U.S. Mm-hmm. became an exporter of natural gas, all those things, right? There was, there, there, were, there was the corporate America that got behind that and put long-term investments into that. So you're messing with their money. So it's mm. not just a moral, oh, we feel like we oh, just no. want to send money to the UN. Like, we're it's still not that. We're talking about corporations. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, like, and I think even though people are really happy, and I'm, I'm happy that, okay, Michael Bloomberg was the one that took the lead, and he was like, okay, we're going Bloomberg. to send the $15 million <laughs> to, we're going to send the $15 million to the UN, right? But people have to be very careful about that because now you have a... Uh, private enterprises taking the role of the state Mm. in a geopolitical setting and that has certain implications too because then you're going to end up with corporate logic influencing what happens globally which is more public services you know well i was just going to say it's like it's very easy for us to like sit here and bitch about like the paris agreement and trump and stuff but like i will completely admit that I don't really do that much to, yeah. like, mm. prevent climate change. And I think I've been thinking about it more and more recently when I used to think, especially with activism, you you see things like Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, and it gets to you more because it seems more... You see people getting killed in the street, and it seems more tangible, and that seems like the cause that you want to share a link on Facebook for. Whereas for mm. some reason, climate change, I, I will completely admit, never becomes a priority in my mind as something to put my almost mm. like heart and soul into in an activist sense even though it should be it is the one thing like, it is one of the biggest things that draws us all together because it's going to affect every single one of us i think it, i think that's really interesting i think you shouldn't beat yourself up over not engaging yeah. with everything like people have a selective bias in what kinds of stories and what kind of topics and what kind of um just general problems in the world that they choose to engage with. If you were to engage with everything, then you wouldn't be able to have a mm-hmm. life. 
But I still think that it's something that's important to bring up, especially among us, because we feel like we're so engaged in activity on some issues. But it's very selective, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. There are for sure, even things we are talking about, there are many other ways those issues could have been addressed. And this is kind of an easy way for us, sitting here and recording ourselves uh, talking, talking to each other, to, each other <laughs> to seem like we're, we're talking activated. to the but, listeners, you guys out but there. Is, what? is what we're doing a form of slacktivism, you think? Where we're just taking this hour, we're going to talk about it and engage, and then we're going to, I'm going to drink wine and not think about any human disasters after this. Yeah. And just to define the term slacktivism, yeah. right? Yes. So slacktivism is basically when. Well, a lot of times it's used in the digital sense, in the social media sense, where like we have a lot of slacktivists on Facebook mm-hmm. who will, you know, they have all these long essays that they write on their page and they share it with everybody, but it's from behind the computer and yeah. they don't do shit to back it up. They don't do anything to mobilize the cause that they say they mm-hmm. believe in. But I think, I, I might sound a little more radical here, but I think we should beat ourselves up. I mean, I, I think our generation is so lazy when it comes to activism. And I know that's not, obviously, we have a lot of millennial activists, right? This is not discounting that that does exist. I think we're outspoken, but I don't think we act. I don't think we make sacrifices. That's a very good point. We that's don't make any sacrifices. And the only, the, only time, <laughs> the only time we get behind things is when we think it's cool and it's going to earn us some kind of social capital, you yeah. know? And it disgusts me. And I, I disgust me. <laughs> no, seriously, because I, my parents always talk about this. Like, they, they grew up, in, you know, with the 70s and kind of black power and that type of thing. And, you know, activism could mm-hmm. cut, cut across any cause. But the whole notion of sacrifice mm-hmm. and taking risk and being able to put yourself out there and have a, a sense of community and sacrifice, not just for yourself mm-hmm. and your family, but for a broader cause, I think that's completely lost us. Yeah. I think what you're saying is really important and definitely true, but I think something that we need to contextualize it with as well is the fact that the whole dialogue has shifted in our generation. Mm -hmm. So much more is done online and there are so many different ways of engaging and interacting now than that there were back then. And I think that doesn't mean that you can, that just sitting behind your computer is enough. Like if you care about climate change, you should probably at least recycle, you know, Mm -hmm. like those kinds of things. But it's still, the dialogue is different and the spaces in which you engage and in which you are active have changed not just for our generation but for everyone else and the way a lot of other things are being done that used to be more physically active I guess are still done in these quite confined spaces so I think that has something to do with it I'm not saying that that just is kind of suspect right yeah yeah. 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 remember I said to begin with I completely agree with you because I still think that's for sure the core of it but I think that we also need to keep in mind that there is a lot of things being done online that are making a huge impact mm-hmm. like you have all these campaigns for instance just on facebook like some of those lives. yeah yeah the forms of information you can mm-hmm. get online now the forms of like activist awareness information do a lot more and reach a lot more people than going on knocking on people's doors so you need to keep that in mind as well but we still also need to get off our asses and do but more. does it yeah. though we I'm, think that it makes a difference but does it really make the difference that uh, this is this to me this is a tool that should be coupled with something else yeah right like does it really make that big a difference mm. as much as it could well i think like i think two things the first is i think that this is still in like an experimentation phase of like of social media and online media being a mode for activism it's not what like the 
these platforms were created for. It's what they've sort of been co-opted for. And I think it's going to take a lot to figure out how to incorporate those in-person essential interactions that we do need to have, that like community building, that like actually getting off your ass and doing something. But I don't think you can discount the fact that there has been a great deal of actual movement and activism through social media and things like the Black Lives Matter movement and like and getting those conversations out there and getting, you know, and reaching people really. But I also think that we tend to look at the past through rose-colored glasses. I don't think every single person in the 70s or 80s or 60s were activists. I think there's a core group of very dedicated, very devoted people who were doing this and there were definitely communities and it yes, it got widespread at certain moments, but in in its like in its inception in like in the hours when it wasn't, you know, hadn't swept the nation, it wasn't everybody and it certainly yeah, I think even in the 60s it was cool to be like I'm a hippie, I you know, I'm an activist peace man, but then not actually, you know, (laughs) peace man, man, I believe we should all be equal, but like, do you really treat women equally? Do you really treat your black neighbors equally? Like, there's a lot of talk and a lot of inaction, even in the past. I don't think that every single person in the 60s was was going out and fighting for Mm -hmm. human rights and rights of women and rights of black people and voting rights. I don't think until it reaches, it has to reach a saturation point and then it becomes this thing that everybody can no longer ignore and can no longer um, decide not to be a part of. They have to be a part like of it. Like we thought we did with climate change. Yeah, like we thought yeah. we did with climate change. No, I just thought of a, I just, like I remember like a kind of good model for what you were talking about that I think isn't like, it's just a good example of the of mobilizing both sides of the offline and online. I went to a Black Lives Matter protest a couple mm-hmm. of years ago in London and it was obviously organized online through a Facebook event mobilized through Twitter and stuff like that and it was the Black Black Lives Matter UK event and it was just it wasn't a protest it was a kind of group of speakers in in white in Whitechapel talking about stuff going in America about stuff going in the UK which I think is important because it was uniting both the movements yeah. and then after it had all these different kind of speeches it divided everyone up and everyone got asked to go and stand with their um if they were in north london south east west london and then everyone sat together and thought about how they could take action in their community and then exchanged facebooks and got on yeah, which was right. like a, i'd never been to something like that before mm, and it was cool. like it was a really really cool thing of like and it was a, it was a big a big turnout of people and they that didn't put them off and didn't halt the kind of organization of it it was like a really slick and like and I again I'm saying this now I didn't follow up on that I never like went to another meeting but I remember going there and being like wow if, if more imagine if this could be the the kind of model for a lot of more protest movements and I think around the world there's something to ask that question yeah. in every culture because I think I mean obviously I haven't lived in every country mm-hmm. in the world but just in my limited experience let's say five countries of you know understanding mm-hmm. like the differences, you know, it. You see that thread of you know millennials not being as politically aware, not being as you know as engaged because we take certain things for granted. Eh? But you have to remember, we. I don't. I don't consider myself elite, but some people will say we're elite because of the education mm-hmm. that we've been exposed to. But by and large, a lot of millennials are like in Trinidad. Like, there's so much that people just don't know. Mm-hmm. And the youth are so disengaged from politics. So that might be 
kind of a twin problem as to like because people feel disengaged with politics then they feel like they're not empowered then they feel like they, they can't really affect a cause and it's like a whole domino effect same in the uk until recently yeah exactly saying, yeah so like is that whole notion of you know we're going heavy into the cultural millennial yeah. aspect and that whole notion of being woke right so mm-hmm. this will kick off Stay our xenophiles so today do, do. basically our files of being foreigners um and basically like being so foreign in a place that people don't know what to do with you or you don't know what to do because you're so foreign (laughs) so we always well we we always the first episode we picked a word yeah but we will always (laughs) have a word um and kind of like go around the world in our limited little globe and see what people think of the word so today's word is woke Ew. <laughs> you have to save it. Yeah. Have to save it. Right. So, yas or nas? The term woke. First, somebody needs to explain thing. it. Okay. And woke. then we say, yeah. Well, Eleanor had a really good explanation. Actually, when we were yeah. to the Women's March in. January. I didn't have a good explanation. Someone else had it. Okay, so we, we went to the Women's March because we are activists, y'all. <laughs> and um, I was, we were holding signs, and I was like, you know what, actually. I'm going to use this opportunity. You got to multitask. And I was like, maybe I could also get a date out of this. So (laughs) I wrote on the back of my side, I said, woke bays, get at me. As a joke, but also, you know. Not as a joke. Because then later. (laughs) Just in case. Later that week, I saw an article online about how a woman found a attractive man at the women's march and wrote, and wrote to him on Facebook and was like, someone help me find this woke bay. And I was like, excuse you? And then she <laughs> found him and they went on a date. And I was like, this is literally bullshit. This is bullshit. It's a pro- cultural appropriation. I should have been like, excuse me. You should have put a little seat sign on the of black women always being taken. Anyway, an older woman came up to me and was like, what does woke and bay and bay and like, get what does, and act and, and get mean, and act and mean. mean and then together as a sentence also string it together wait wait wait, wait hold on so she asked you about each word she and said what is woke and bay and <laughs> get at me and i was like oh. oh and then i was like it's just you know and then her friend came up and she's like i actually believe that what this really means is awoken to men <laughs> men who are you know they're hip to what's going on they understand the struggles of women and i was like yeah what she said <laughs> That's fine. That's what and she's like, and get at friend. me, it means to find her. And I was like, thank you, <laughs> person. That's, yeah, exactly what I meant. But anyway, so woke means meaning being awakened, awakened, <laughs> awakened and hip to what's down and going on. It's like being like aware. Yeah, it's, like being, it's be. I don't know. It's actually. like woke is supposed to be like being aware and being being aware of what's going on in a kind of like in the coolest way. You're you're aware of the kind of the happening top, and you're sensitive and you're in the know and like 
you know, you're political. You, I don't know. You're, you're making enough words right for it. Now. Why do you need to have woke? You have aware. Woke. You have engaged. Here's, you here's have, let like, me tell you. A state of perceived intellectual. No, that's not it. It's. We're, we're looking on and being woke means being aware, knowing what's going on in the community. And I honestly so think... So there is a level of activism tinged it. Yes, yeah, but the point you're saying, why are there so many words? It's a slang term that also has just kind of like, it's a funny connotation. Like, it's kind of... Not it's in not every joke. way. It can be a joke. It's like, it's like, I'm woke. Like, the times that I've seen it the most is like, there'll be a triangle with an eye in the middle, the sign of the Illuminati, <laughs> and then one will write, stay woke under it. You know? Yeah. Well, case in point mm-hmm. is bullshit. Because most <laughs> so of Nos? the time... Oh, definitely not. Are you saying the Illuminati is not real? Well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but most of the time, the people who... Well, I haven't heard woke much mm-hmm. until, like, either somebody... The Charles Gambino song. It, right. Or, but I heard it a lot when I came here. In Trinidad, uh-huh. we don't say woke. Mm. Like we say, we say conscious. Oh, we say true. conscious, right? Mm. Which is like that comes from reggae. That's um, also just a word that actually means exactly what it's supposed to mean. <laughs> yeah, but it comes from it comes from reggae music because it's kind of like the distinction between like the Bob Marley type looking of skeptical right political now. <laughs> commentary reggae, and then you have like dub and party music and that kind of thing. So conscious vibes was kind of to describe mm-hmm. like that kind of like reggae. vibes cartel. Well, no, oh. he's on the other side. <laughs> and said, then the, conscious, the consciousness came from to like if you smoke weed and you get high and you get enlightened and you reach higher and then heights. You're woke. Like Jamaicans will say, higher heights. You know, that's what they mean, like conscious. So, oh. woke is something I've never really heard before. But now that I am hearing it, I say nas because it seems to be a new word for cool. And I feel like. Is overused, and a lot of the people who use it aren't woke. Yes, like, that's exactly it. it. When you're like woke, I'm as so woke. woke. I'm like, I'm then like, you're not, not woke. woke. <laughs> if you have to go around, if I went around all the time, like I'm so politically engaged and aware, <laughs> and I have to, have to tell you about it instead of doing all my politically engaged and aware stuff, then I'm not politically engaged and aware. Like if you need to, whenever people are saying that they are something, yeah. and I feel like that's how the word is frequently used. Like, oh, that's so I'm woke. woke. Yeah, I'm like. First of all, the name, the word just sounds fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. who, why would you, when you have conscious, I don't think the actual word conscious stems from reggae. I could be no, wrong. No, for us it okay, does. Okay, for you. Yeah, for uh, us. And, <laughs> and the thing, I, I just don't see why we need to have, like, a hip word for being an active citizen. Like, just... Why? Why can't you just do it and so chill that about it you and know you you? who's not woke? But, but the people that are woke, are the people that don't go around saying that you're woke, like just well, no, because it would sound stupid. The thing is, it's become like a pop culture thing as well. It's in so much music, like like, like you, like anything. Music. Yeah, yeah. The, like I keep saying, the Charles Gambino. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I think pop woke. music isn't going so well. Well, like hip hop music, a lot. I mean, it's it, it is. It's like a slang. It's a slang, it's a slang term. term. It doesn't make it it's okay, been but it's it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, one thing is, like, a slang term is fine. I feel like I sound like a grandmother where I'm like, why do you need a term that isn't an actual we word? We have words in for that, sweetie. But I feel like the fact that it's been used, one thing is using it as a slang term in, like, music or whatever, or pop culture. That's fine. But to actually implement it the way that some people are doing, I just find it really annoying. And I think that's just my personality. Like, I chose to hate it, and now I hate it very intensely and no one can ever make that whole cool cool uncool activism thing and it's like 
okay. being woke is cool activism. Being woke is cool activism, which in essence is not very cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Because mm. it's fake. It's fake wokeness. So that's why I'm like, ah, nas, nas. Nice. Are you not? Are no, you yours? I'm not. That's I'm, okay. I'm, it's we, not okay. What are you talking about? It's, it's okay. We need diversity. No, I'm not yours. It's more that like I get why it's happened. You know? Right. right. Put it like, in context. I'm pretty, like, I completely yeah. understand why like that the word has become like especially right now because people have to people want to feel so, like affiliated to being politically engaged is cool now, so they have to find a word for it. That's why it's happened. And I think it's at first it was. A, like a cool pop culture word that people didn't actually refer to themselves as, but more and more now people are saying like, mm-hmm. "I'm woke," yeah, or like that's woke. Maybe it's like woke a start. Things. We should be like, "Oh no, that's a start, honey. You're woke. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. You'll get there, and I then you'll be awoken." Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, no. I just like my memes, and I just I don't like that. Like I'm gonna <laughs> say I just I'm gonna say nas to like being like I am woke. If you're not joking, and then yes to. If you're using it as like a meme joke thing where you're like, stay woke, and then all of a sudden the triangle appears. And I it's know, just, it's so have, funny. You don't have a dual vote option. I, I mean, yeah. I'm just supposed to plug this video of the fish that oh jumps out of the water. Speaking of dual vote. Okay, so. Oh, go ahead. Dual vote. It's okay. We'll, well just, before we, before we, we have we'll to vote. Going. So, okay. yes or nas? I'm nas. Louise is, <laughs> Louise is double nas. I'm going to go nas. Like, there's no yeah. word to capture how nas I am. I'm not going to make a new word, though, that has nothing to do with it <laughs> and use it all the time. You mean, like, no? You know no. what? I'm going to go. I don't know. You'll be the only yes for time. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to mean, go yes, but I think go. the world needs woke right now. Okay. You know? Oh, oh yay. You love you, Louise. All right. So, speaking of not being woke... I forgot to vote. <gasps> I'm, like, I'm like the cash. No, my debt stares at me right now. Right. So I, so I think this is what it was, right? This is not an excuse. This is an explanation, right? Sure. We, for, we didn't even really know when the election, we knew the election was called and we forgot mm-hmm. the date. And it's like, you don't, like we weren't surrounded with the information. I don't know, like in Trinidad or even in the US, like but my but, face but, would look a lot different if the Tories had won a majority but <laughs> I know. Like, no, but let me explain. Like I am really embarrassed because I am usually the one arguing with people that you have to vote. But because yeah. A I'm not used to being a resident, a foreign resident in a place and being able to vote. Yeah, so I didn't that didn't that didn't even register to me because I lived in the US for so long. I, I was basically a permanent resident there mm-hmm. and I was so frustrated because I couldn't vote for Obama. I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So like I was kind of resigned to that reality and then I was like, oh, I could vote. And then I don't know, it's like the campaign in here is like, if you're not plugged into traditional media, yeah. Yeah. you don't really like get the information as to, well, how do you do it? Where do you go? It's, it's not I know about I traditional really media but, though, because like, yeah. I mean, this is a filter bubble thing as well, because if you go on my Facebook feed, I didn't you, see. everyone is telling me to, I would have never forgotten to, forgotten to register to vote because right. I have been born and raised in this country. Right, so right. like, and your friends are also quite woke. And my and I have a woke group of friends. Yeah, I do. And so, I'm woke too. So my friends so are I would just ne- not woke. But you all are my friends and you all didn't talk. You, I should <laughs> dead stare you back because you didn't say, Mika, go register to vote. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, that is, I was like, I was saying the other day that this is literally, it's just so bizarre to me. No, I'm not. Okay. I don't mean that to sound bad. I just mean it's so different here. That's the word, different. It's different here from the way campaigning works in the US. I'm so not used to 
to the fact that there are other news stories come through like election coverage and yeah. like I was yes, expe- yeah. I, like some days I would forget that an election was happening What's going here. on yeah and I was like it, it wait really... a second it's not plastered all over everything exactly. we <laughs> literally talk about the next presidential election cycle from like 45 minutes before people go vote in the current election and I'm just like my mind it just hurts but and like, like for one of us a snappy no, lecture it's, it's a terrible like y'all can't ever have a snappy election only that's the other no, thing we can't. Yeah. I mean in Trinidad we did we yeah. had a snappy election but the, the, the window for the election from when she called it to when it happened was so was short so short yeah. so I, like it and that's why it's such an, it's an, like, an amazing oh, shit, I was supposed to vote and, and I, I think a lot of people are still kind of obsessed with the last vote understandably mm-hmm. like people are still trying to figure out what is it's actually going on it. it's not even happening yet people are still like what what did this even mean what did that last vote even mean and then yeah. you're forced to vote for someone and you don't even know what their alternatives mean because you don't know what the current alternative is so i can see that you kind of need to finish your thought before you jump on the next one i just need to know what's going on <laughs> it's my business i know it's my response i, I can't be a hypocrite because you know i'll be talking out both sides of my mouth like I know it's my business to make sure I know what's going on. But for some reason, this time, this round, like, I was just like, oh, oh, the deadline passed. Oh, I really could have. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> you know, and I wish you just had mandatory voting everywhere. I know, like, that's controversial, but, like, in Australia and some other places, they have mandatory voting. So yeah. you're automatically yeah. enrolled. Because yeah. I think... Or at the very is, least, that automatically. Yeah, that's what we have in Norway. Like, everyone over 18... Can, you don't have to. I've never thought about if I was able to vote here, I definitely would have forgotten to register as well because we, you don't register. You literally you get like a ballot in your mail. You can either bring that one or you can just go to the nearest yeah. polling station mm-hmm. and vote there. And it, that's it. It takes you five minutes. There's usually no queue because you don't have to vote on election day. You can vote up till election day, and some really? people can vote really far in advance as well. So you don't really. There's not that like today, everyone get your shit together. Like now we have to do it. Mm-hmm. Remember to register. It's just like oh. Oh, what time is it? Ah, oh, it's like ish election time. I should probably just pop by, right, on my way mm. to work or whatever. And as you think, that's it really right. shouldn't be that difficult. And then in Trinidad, like they would literally, like you said, I don't know, yeah. they would have flyers everywhere. <laughs> if they found like a little like empty square on the pavement, <laughs> they would put a flyer. Vote PLM on the, on the yeah, like you can't escape it, you know. But here it was so easy to just. I don't, I mean, I can't defend it because I've never, gr- I never grew up in a household where like I was that, you know, my parents never. Like, my parents didn't remind me to vote. My, like, I, they were, I reminded them to vote. My dad was like, oh, is that today? Yeah, okay, I'll go. I was like, okay, yeah, you work for the NHS. You need to go do this. My parents are the opposite. Like, when they hear this, when they hear that I didn't vote, they'll be like, you have the most to gain or lose from this. Yeah. How could you not? But that's da-da-da-da. the thing. For a lot of people, it's not until they go to uni that they kind of start to become, polit- in this country, they start to become politically engaged. And then, like, I think, I think, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure a while ago your whole household re- was registered and your parents could register the entire household. Oh. But now people will go to uni and you obviously are registered in one, like, in your home address and you'll be at university. So if you want to vote where your uni address is, you've got to re-register there, which a lot of people forget to do and stuff right. like that. Like, I completely understand why someone would forget. I think actually we have the same in Norway that you need to... I haven't lived there for a long time. Uh, that you need to you need to vote at a center close to your mm-hmm. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still Us like too. that's the one thing you need to do, right? Yeah. Guys, I was home for one week for vacation like two weeks ago, and I was walking past my somewhere in my neighborhood, and I saw a sign that said "Vote 
here and I was like there's an election right now and I literally went online and I googled it I was like what election is happening it was like a special election just that day Tuesday and I was like I'm voting so I found out who I need to vote for and I went in there and I was like did it got my little sticker you did that for you hell yeah no I'm extra because I mean you know the thing was for me I was like here it's so weird because like I wouldn't have even thought that you could have voted here because I just didn't think that like I didn't, think Commonwealth countries. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. about that. But at home, I was like, I just gotta, I have to walk the talk because if I'm gonna talk about how every fucking election counts in the US and nobody votes in the small ones, that I was like, if I don't do it, I'll just know. I was like, no one else will know that I didn't vote in this election, but know. I would know. So yeah, on that note. Yeah, I had thought that was a ganske mye a cappella live and sånt, men I thought I had time to put on plate. Yo! Snakker vi om selvironi, har jeg mer enn masse Ser teit ut på ski og hadde vært i første klasse Mange spådde meg en fremtid som rydde gutt Men du vet jeg bryter ut og begynte å bytte myter ut For det er fakta at svarting er overalt Og VG vet at de står bak når hvem som helst er overfalt It's the blender time! That's your blender song! We need a real blender I don't know Handheld mixer, we could do it That's too fancy, Louise That's too good for you Oh, Maya, handheld mixer We need like a old school, like, press so it's time for the blender this section is a little bit um if you don't remember from our last podcast it's a little bit of like extra everything everything but the kitchen sink in the blender kind of thing you know um, and stuff you might really stuff you might not, not have thought of or no, heard about things from different parts of the world things from kind of underground in your own part of the world um so we're going to kick it off with mika telling us a little bit about um, the Nollywood Film Festival that she went to in, pa- in, in, in Paris. Exactly. Mm. We're keeping it in Paris theme today. Je ne Paris sais. climate change. Yeah. Je ne sais quoi. So, speaking of activism, well, Nollywood Week was mm-hmm. something I went to because um, I'm working on Nollywood, which, for those who don't know, is the Nigerian film industry, which had started out to be very, like, you know very like home video <laughs> type stuff that was just like circulating piracy wise around the world and now it's becoming a lot more formal so i'm doing a lot of research on that and i heard that there was this paris nollywood week film festival going on now you know that was just an excuse to go to paris right <laughs> oh yeah yeah what and, and me yeah. was like pray you want to go to paris for me yeah. for the weekend i was like i'm like what I'm it's going. our research and i took my first eurostar trip so i was so excited it was so good i never, so never want to fly again after taken that but anyway so kind of like i'll talk about nollywood week but i want to start with this film that was showed it was called silence it was a short film and i mean i'll give it away otherwise you'll just won't get it right so you're gonna explain this in as much detail as the one you explained (laughs) to us the other day literally we encounter like she she staged the whole movie for us she talked about it for like a half hour i felt like i was there but it was good but no this one was a short film so um <laughs> so basically, it was, about, it was about um, it was about like human trafficking, but it basically was talking about it showed you how um, mothers will sell their daughters or mm-hmm. women will sell other women within the community to men for sex. What's it called? You know, called silence. Okay. And it basically was like this. Girl, it just showed this girl working every day for her aunt. 
Mm. And the aunt will send her to carry food for this man, this businessman. And then each time he would ask her to sit next to him and then okay. he'll ask her to sit closer and then da da da. Oh, and then at the end, like he rapes her and she goes back crying and the woman tells her, Well now you're a woman. Okay. And she collects her money and that's the end of it. Like it was really it like it left a mark on me because I was like, you know, you think of human trafficking as somebody abducts children from somewhere. Yeah. And you know, or you think of it in a context of like certain cultures that are so impoverished that they would sell their daughters yeah. Yeah. you know but this this didn't come across as people that were dirt poor it came across as people who were just working in a market making food mm. yeah they were not rich yeah. but you know yeah. and yeah so like film as a as a mm. and documentaries i think are getting more popular or yeah. docudramas so to speak and I, as like forms of activism too you know i think especially like around like the in place in industries like Nollywood and also Bollywood is becoming more and more. There recently there's been a rise of like kind of activisty like films, especially because Bollywood used to be such a girl guy romance yeah. la yeah. kind of industry. Like I recently watched a film called Pink that was really really powerful and it was about like basically just about three girls who go on a night out, meet a few guys, and get a bit drunk and then the guys force one of the guys forces himself on the girl and the girl kind of attacks back in self-defense and the guy basically mm-hmm. ends up being taking this girl to court and oh. it's the way the court system makes this entire case against this girl and like this guy's lawyer says all the stuff like why was she she because she was drinking she shouldn't have been drinking she was asking for it or like indian these indian girls who have no values because you know in india girls girls who drink still have this kind of stigma stigma around okay. them and then it's like they have this lawyer who um is amita bachchan who's like a really famous indian actor and he basically kind of points out the hypocrisy of the entire thing and it was such a for me, I remember my mom sat me down and she was like, you should watch this film. Mm. And it was... It sounds good. Yeah. And it was, I think it was just, it struck me because like, stuff like that needs to happen in India more than any, like those films need to be shown in India more than anywhere else. And to have like, it wasn't just an independent film, like it had Amitabh Bachchan in it, who was like I such mean, a main, okay. like huge mm-hmm. actor, so it got a lot of attention. And that in itself was like, that was huge. Yeah. And that was like... Can a, we have a Nollywood, yeah. Bollywood night and just yeah. watch yeah. foreign films? That would be it. so good. Well, I know that in Norway too, there's been... The documentary scene is definitely increasing and they have like international mm-hmm. film festivals with documentaries. And I don't know how many young people actually visit those. I think the numbers are going up because in general, you can see a trend of investing more in documentary programming aimed mm-hmm. at a younger audience because there's, again, back to like feeling that you're engaged mm-hmm. and kind of an activist or not necessarily an active af- activist mm-hmm. but that you're aware of what's going on around you I feel like documentaries is such a good format to do that and especially when it's coming from um, outlets that tend to be more uh, I guess more pop culture oriented because then you kind of draw the links between an industry that has this income and this potential to invest and chooses to invest that in very unrealistic stories um, going because it's actually profitable now mm-hmm. to make films that matter and mm-hmm. that are realistic whether yes, or not they're a drama a or a documentary mm-hmm. things that reflect reality because so many things in our reality in our respective countries and here in london too are quite absurd that actually makes money and that's good mm-hmm. because we we need to know that these things are going on and i think it's good to see that so many uh, that that industry is expanding i agree i think it's like and it as much criticism as any of us may have of hollywood as an industry like 
when Hollywood puts its weight behind something that's really important in that way. And like, I was thinking about this a lot with this, there's a film coming out, I think it's called The Promise, I don't remember the exact title, but it's about the Armenian genocide. Mm -hmm. And how just for so long, it's just, it's been really, you know, an issue that a lot of people don't even know about or won't talk about, and a lot of countries will still refuse to say that it is a genocide, there's like, there's a lot of controversy over or what exactly occurred, but I think like there's a lot of the international community and Armenians especially who are like, we need to talk about this. People need to know that this happened and you know that we're still suffering from this because no one will talk about it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like a, ho- a major Hollywood movie coming out with like Christian Bale and Oscar Isaac and you know people like that are telling the story and that Hollywood you know is they putting, don't have a little problem with that part with Oscar Isaac. No, like when you're telling like a foreign story and then you bring all these mainstream actors that are not from the place. I'm sure they have some good Armenian actors. I know you want to have, but I know you want to have a front man to get the draw. Fine. But you see like, there was a. I mean, I mean, Kim Kardashian. No, but I'm just, no, but I'm just giving the example. I mean, think about it. Find the people who they're talking yeah. about. Like, yeah. that's that's not easy to digest. That somebody else has to yeah. be chosen to represent I you. I about it. I don't know, but I feel like it seems like it's being well received because. Well, they're glad they're talking about exactly. it, but I, I, I have a problem with that whole like. And they kind of go both ways. They're making a film about uh, the 22nd of July, the Norwegian terror attacks. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend about it, and we thought about like who's going to play Anders Bering Dalvik, the terrorist. Because mm-hmm. like in one way, if a Norwegian actor did that, I don't know if it would ruin his career or enhance yeah. it, because it would be like you don't want to be associated with that. So it's maybe easier to get a foreign actor to do it, because then it doesn't feel as close, but then you also kind of need it to be close. And I think that in a lot of these kind of national disasters, it can almost be too much, especially if it's a drama reenactment, because then it's like everything needs to be right. But if everything is right and you have people from that country playing it, then they're going to be associated with it forever. But they're actors like anything else. I don't know why the same rule when apply they're acting as this person yeah, if they yeah do i'm not saying job, it's rational yeah. but yeah, i'm no, saying I like know, emotionally yeah. i think yeah. i personally would find it we have this one norwegian actor who plays in fucking every movie <laughs> but and I, he, I, if he, he was to play yeah. on the spivik like he maybe he would do a great job like yeah. i wouldn't i i would think that there are plenty of great actors in norway that could portray mm-hmm. that role and like do it justice or i don't know justice it's a weird, yeah it's mm-hmm. hard to even talk about it in that way but um it's still it won't resonate in a way because it's like I just saw you in this yeah. other movie and now you're playing this super I don't believe really you really yeah. significant Evil role person. and yeah. I, it has to be trustworthy and yeah. if you know the person from somewhere else then it might not be and as like, trustworthy re- representation like the person like giving the message is really important and I feel like you talk about that a lot Priya with like Riz Ahmed because mm-hmm. you feel like he is someone who's in the media who you know speaks from a genuine place about certain issues that are close to you. Definitely, and I think he, I mean, he talks about this issue, even recently I read an article, I'm, okay, I'm obsessed with the results, let's just put that on the table, <laughs> everything, anything that he does is well, great. Well, essays are more if you're listening to this, <laughs> I yeah, tried to ears. climb on stage at your concert, but I couldn't. So, um, but he even he so he became famous in the UK for playing a terrorist in a film called Four Lions, mm-hmm. and it was a comedy, like a dark comedy. 
but then recently he gave this whole he wrote this article on how like he doesn't want to be typecast as like oh brown guy plays a terrorist yeah. stuff but of course that was his segue into his mm. big break and now obviously you know he's on HBO and he's like in Sweatshop Boys which is this like hip hop duo um, it's, it's difficult because you want to get that's the other flip side of it you want to try and get the right actors to play the right roles and have the right representation but at the same time you don't want actors to get pigeonholed yeah. into certain yeah. roles yeah. and it's such a hard but it's been the problem is is that there are so but it's the lack of diversity and it's and this is a talk about specifically hollywood like yeah so you have all those only like few pools of actors that you could choose like eleanor was saying like who else can you choose if you're trying to get like attention to an issue particularly mm-hmm. who else can you choose in hollywood well to... i would prefer that you have the lead person be from the place yeah and you have the supporting person be the draw yeah so that the yeah. person from the place who's playing that critical character like you were saying louise will do it justice do the role justice you know um and then lastly to round it up <laughs> so we talked about music we talked about film yeah um in terms of like activism i think like in all of it it's just basically the authenticity. I think we always come down to authenticity in Be our yourself. discussions. We're not saying woke. <laughs> you see, you Be don't woke. like it, and you're saying it more than everybody I know, else. I know. I'm sorry. Um, that's horrible. But I think is that with with regards to anything that you do, even if you're not like leading a Black Lives Matter movement or something like that, is having that kind of bigger purpose, making yeah. sacrifices for the good of the broader. Yeah community Mm -hmm. you know and everything you do doesn't have to be like it's impossible to always do something that's for the greater good and i think it's good to be honest with yourself about when you are doing it and you're not to be able to distinguish on your own when you're doing something for selfish reasons which is fine you should do a lot of things for selfish reasons too and you shouldn't feel bad about that you should do more things for other people but i think that if you recognize the things that you're doing for yourself then it might be easier for you to do things for other people people. so if you're being honest with yourself about your intentions uh, which I'm not at all good at all the time. That's something that I want to be better at, is to kind of allocate where I'm p- trying to be a part of something bigger and when I'm just trying to get attention. So hopefully which is this inspires people to, you know, do a little get more. Get out there a little more. Get out. Get moving. Which get I think active. we all need to do too. Yeah. 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 We're going to stop talking. Again. We're going to go out there right now. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. Bye. Until next yeah. time. Turn down for what? Yeah.